With movie theaters opening back up and the summer heat starting to rise, there's no better place to be than the dark comfort of your favorite cinema. From the warm popcorn smell to the Dolby digital surround sound, your local movie theater is ready to prove streaming isn't always the best. As our 2021 summer series kicks off, we take a trip to look at some of our favorite summer blockbusters of the past. Lights, camera, action. This is Way Back Attack. Welcome to Way Back Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across the movie theater of love is Preston Burt. Preston, how the heck are you doing? I'm great. I'm kind of hoping that our tans touch as we go into the the popcorn bucket at the same time Ooh. in this movie theater of love that you've set us in. You got to be careful because <laughs> my favorite person when I was a kid was Pee Wee Herman, and he got in trouble in some movie theaters. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I, we've jumped uh, quite some levels here from what I was describing. <laughs> but uh, no, nonetheless, I'm glad to be here with you. And, you know, your background is really very movie theater reminiscent mm -hmm. of those velvety curtains. Um, I do love a good movie theater that has the ambiance with the ved red velvet ropes and the classic architecture. And I'm glad that we're going to be able to get back to some of that stuff. Yeah, well, you know, um, something that's cool about these red curtains is um, they're actually from my previous house where I had a theater room. And as part of a sound dampening um, project that I had, I didn't want to put like a bunch of egg crates and stuff like that all over, uh, all over the place. So what I wound up doing is doing floor to or ceiling to floor red like uh, velvet curtains along both walls, and I had my I had a 7.1 surround sound system, and I had those um, behind them. So uh, I don't know, it probably didn't really help much with the sound, but man, it looked cool walking in there. And it was great too because it was a bedroom, and really I was the only person that ever used it, and so I just had like a big recliner in the center of the room, and then I had a couch off the side too, so whenever people came, like they had some place to sit. But um, I, I, I was like me living the Maxwell, uh, Maxwell like guy sitting in front of the big speakers, <laughs> just getting blown away. Yeah, so I love it. Um, you have a pretty, you have a pretty respectable home theater now, don't you? I mean, like it's not a home theater, but mm -hmm. like you've got a good setup. You got like some surround sound stuff going, yeah, right? I still have the seven point one. Um, the uh, this time it's in the living room though, and so um, you know, this I'm not living here forever, and so I'm not going to go through the process of. I, I made the mistake of doing this at the last house, and then I was like, "Well, what a big waste of time it was because <laughs> I didn't stay there." But um, you know, like running the the speaker wires through the walls and all that stuff, and so at at, at this place. I just have um, the speakers hanging on the walls, and then um, I just have speaker wire running. Like you know, I did it along the like seam of like where the ceiling meets the wall and right. stuff like that. Yeah. But um, in some parts, it's just hanging in loops and stuff because like eh, I don't care. It's my it's house. It's functional. Yeah, it's my house. I can it's do what functional. I want. Now, you know, like my intro uh, alluded to, home theaters are great. Streaming is awesome. It's super convenient, mm -hmm. and I have heard the people who are super pleased you know they're like look movie th movie releases straight to digital are the way to go yeah i love it i'm never going back <laughs> but then there's people like me right i'm a theater kid uh i love the movie theater i love the uh, the nature of the event of going to a movie 
the sounds, the smells, the just the experience of it all. And I don't, people were like, yeah, it's never coming back. I guarantee you it's coming back because people like me crave that experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're able to get back to that. Yeah, I mean, it's coming back now, right? So uh, Regal has, um, I got an email from Regal saying that, um, you know, because we, we both were part of the Regal Crown Club or whatever. I don't uh-huh. know, whatever the monthly thing was. Uh, but I got like an AR like crown like it's supposed to be a collector thing. I almost feel like they're like trying to pitch it as like an NFT thing. Like, uh-huh. oh, get this rare this rare crown. <laughs> wow. And I was like, I don't care about this. Ooh, like, a super rare JPEG. But, Look at you. I need uh, like I don't know. I'm I'm torn because like part of me is like, well, I'm just gonna cancel my membership right now, right, mm-hmm. and maybe get it back later. But then part of me is also like, well, I'm sure nobody's going to the movie theater right now, so I could have the whole theater to myself and go see. I don't know like the stuff they're playing most of it I've already seen um, and then they do have like some the the one in town has like the Demon Slayer anime movie and yeah. like stuff like that and so like they were showing weird things but yeah well we'll get into some more of the movie theater stuff in just a minute uh, but this is the part of the show where we normally talk about you know what's been going on in your life mm-hmm. and things and I actually wanted to talk uh, keep it relevant with some movies because I actually before we get into the returning to the movie theater and looking at some summer blackbusters of the past, I actually saw a couple of good movies lately. I've seen on streaming uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Okay. And uh, now available on Shudder, Psycho Gorman. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of these? Um, Either of those? I have Psycho Gorman on my Plex server. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched it yet, but I got it a long time ago. Like, you um, gotta watch that thing, bro. I, I wanted to. Like I, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this this is, looks great! Like it looks like it like it looks like an '80s style movie that that toes the line between being like a kids movie and then being actual like like an adult movie too." Yeah, so, um, I don't think it's a kids movie. <laughs> yeah, but the kids are like the main characters, right? Yeah, but that doesn't make it a kids movie. <laughs> well, I don't know. To me, it does because like mean, heads are getting pulled <laughs> off, bro. Yeah. Well, hey, I you know in the '80s that was the thing. Like like we watched a lot of movies that were like that. So. Yeah. Um, and then the other movie I have no desire to see. This, this is the Army of the Dead? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I love just a good popcorn flick. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't I don't look at the trailer of Army of the Dead and go, wow, that's high art. That's going to be <laughs> some great cultural commentary. You know, it's like mindless fun that you know there's going to be plot holes. And I was not let down in that regard. There are yeah. plot holes. There are head scratchers, but I enjoyed it ultimately. So I love Dave Batista, and I feel like they should have just called this movie Dead Rising because have you ever played that game? Mm-mm. It's like well, I guess Dead Rising Two takes place in Vegas, I think, if I remember correctly. One of the Dead Rising games takes place in Vegas, yeah. and and so it's like a, it's a game with tons of zombies, and then uh, like the anyways. It doesn't really matter. Cool. Well, I will bring up Psycho Gorman one time uh, in our. Uh, conversation to come because there is a, a little connection that I do love and I appreciate. Um, but uh, er- everything else going good with you? you yeah. Got, you got your Bram Stoker's Dracula pinball machine back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of uh, one of our friends, uh, Patrick, fixed it for me. I, I've been having issues with it. It was nice because, um, you know, at the start of of COVID, um, when, when I got sick, I was like, hey, I'm going to take this time to like, like, do a, a whole break breakdown, change all the rubbers and everything on it, and clean it up and everything like that. 
And then when I was putting it back together, after I put everything back together, of course it didn't work right. Oh, gosh. And so uh, I spent some time like trying to figure it out. I bought a, I replaced a board, an opto board, and did some other stuff. And I was just like, whatever, dude. Like, <laughs> I, by that time, the frustration levels were high. And then TMNT was coming out, and mm-hmm. so I bought that. And then was like, well, this, I guess I'm just playing this. Yeah. And um, I had tried to get other people to come up and fix it, but um, to no avail, right? And like, like we have friends that have either um, that either own the game or have worked on the game a lot because they worked at an arcade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so couldn't get anybody to come up and fix it. Um, and so um, when we were doing the um, Southern fried uh, room at Toylanta, uh, me and Patrick were talking about it and he was like, yeah, man, just like, you know, when I'll, I'll press and I'll take um, last action hero and then you can bring it over to my house and I'll, I'll work on it. And, you know, and I said, cool, I really appreciate it. And so he fixed it immediately. It was like he started working on it that day and then like I had to order one part, but then it was fixed. And so, wow. um, so yeah, it's back and it's better than ever. And That's so, cool, man. Yeah, been playing it a lot and. I'm very happy we're going to do some streams uh, with it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, so. that's why I wanted to bring it up. You know, <laughs> you've got the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. I've got the Last Action Hero. I hope to have another game soon. And uh, I know that we have streamed some stuff in the past. And I think it's time for us to do so again. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the state of the show will be as far as Twitch goes. We're, we're toying with maybe doing some, some YouTube streams. But uh, I do know that you can expect some Wayback Attack content. Um, gaming content on Twitch soon, mm-hmm. so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, the um, you know I I am going to actually build a um, a mobile setup. I'm going to rearrange the basement, uh-huh. and then uh, I'm going to build like a mobile setup that I can just roll and like around a game and start using that in order to uh, to do some capturing and stuff like that. Um, I've got a, a laptop that I want to do a test stream on just to make sure that it works fine for streaming. Uh, and then and then we should be good to go. And because last time we did the stream at your house, I brought it wasn't this particular PC, but I brought another full tower over massive. to your house. Yeah, we had like you needed like a <laughs> wheelbarrow to take that yeah. thing in the house. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, this should make everything a lot easier. So cool, man. All right. Well, I guess the small talk is now done. <laughs> we are moving on to the portion of our show where we relate all of our stuff for uh, the topic at hand. And the topic at hand, people is the return of the movies and it is now summer like uh i don't know about the rest of the country i I know that everybody's on different school schedules but our kids Mm -hmm. are out of school the last days of school have passed summer vacation has begun and for me back in the day i mean granted you know riding bikes around the neighborhood playing with your friends but also just looking forward to going to the movies at on a whim Mm -hmm. right and uh, so many movies that we can look back to fondly during the summertime. And we grew up in some great era of blockbusters. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy to think that, like, the summer blockbuster didn't start until right technically, like, right before we were born, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that whole process got to, you know, kind of become the standard for, for the industry. Yeah. And so like we kind of got like the best part of it because like that was, you know, I guess money has been thrown into it more and more over the years, but you know, like everyone was really just going all out for it because of the success success of two like two major movies. Yeah. Uh and I know that, you know, things like Star Wars and stuff really 
uh, set the ground level uh, or, or paved the way for the, the summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And, and and don't get me wrong. If you look at the summer blockbusters in a list, you'd be like, oh, that's a great movie. Oh, that's a great movie. But I feel like when we were coming of age in the 90s, mm-hmm. that was like the apex almost of uh, making summer blockbusters like an event. Right. Because the movie would not only be number one at the box office and play week after week after week, but they'd have movie Mm tie-ins and promotional things Mm -hmm. and commercials everywhere and spinoffs. And like the the summer blockbuster in our era was inescapable. Yeah. The marketing, it was the marketing money. Like, like they just started pouring so much money into it because, you know, so kind of to get into it, you know, Jaws really kicked it off in 1975 and kind of the thing that made it so popular was that it was the first time that they really pu- punched a bunch of marketing money into trying to promote this the summer thing because summer movies were, were were not ever seen as like hugely profitable and you know I haven't seen anything that says why that that is so like the only thing I can think of is that people were just out doing things more back then <laughs> you know and so um but Jaws was the first one that because of how much marketing there was and because it was a great film uh, you had people going back multiple times to see it and mm-hmm. so like that's what made it a blockbuster yeah and so um, and then it's so crazy to think two years later Star Wars right and and that movie was so big it you know of course it broke records but that movie was like in theaters for a whole year yeah that's the thing that kids <laughs> these days don't understand because you know we kind of have a timeline of movies play for you know as long as they're pr- making decent money but but even so movies hardly ever play for more than two months mm-hmm. before they go to digital or they get you know dvd blu-ray releases um one i think a lot more movies are being made and a lot more movies are being released right. so that competition is there mm-hmm. and they want to re- get it with the w- hot new thing but uh you know fewer movies were being made back in the day and so if a ma- if a movie was making bank it stayed in that theater until it wasn't and that could mm-hmm. be over a year right I think I think a lot of it too. Like the reason that more movies are being made was is everything is so what so much more accessible to be able to make a, make a movie nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Like people can do special effects, you know, on their computer. Like my youngest daughter had a school project for the end of the year where she had to make a commercial for a book they read, and like I this girl burns her face in it, and so like we shot the commercial, like she wrote the script and directed it and everything, and then I threw in like a fire, like where she was like holding someone's face yeah. to the fire and stuff, and like I just did that like in like in you know thirty minutes to an hour like at my house, and so like the ability for people to to make low budget films, I think mm-hmm. has really helped out the industry a lot with getting more variety of things out, but streaming I feel has really hurt that a lot because like as in terms of the movie experience movie theater experience because there's a lot of stuff that comes out like on shutter and stuff like that that i feel would have some sort of theater presence normally before streaming Mm -hmm. was a thing and now that doesn't exist yeah the volume is just so so large um and it's like you mentioned it's kind of a double-edged sword because the uh the ease of access and the uh not, not the availability, but the uh, ability of people to do things you know, like post-production effects mm-hmm. um, from their home. I mean, you know, a lot of movies were interrupted during COVID because they couldn't do location shooting. Right. But some of them, um, I imagine this one that I watched on Netflix, which is really, really good, by the way, 
Mitchell's versus the Machines. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people were probably able to finish that movie because they're able to do computer animation at their houses mm-hmm. um, because of the technology. So yeah, it's it's great that we're in like this deluge of content. Mm-hmm. But I think what we really need to focus on is the experience of the theater. And that's why we're talking about summer blockbuster today. So yeah. Um, I think you are kicking us off with with a pick or I am. Let's it's, do it. It is this is this is something like when I think of summer blockbuster, this is this is one of the first things that I think of uh, for a couple of reasons. So uh, we'll see if anybody else thinks of it. I don't think they will. <laughs> it has attacked her family. It picked up Sean. It killed your father. And haunted her dreams. <gasps> when it killed Sean, I knew with absolute certainty it had come for him. Now, there is one last battle to be fought. We're heading straight for it. He's gonna hit us! Lorraine Gary and Michael King. Jaws, the revenge. This time, it's personal. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Wait, don't say anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, l- listeners and viewers, I can assure you that there are actual summer blockbusters <laughs> on this list. Uh, Brian has his reasons for putting this one down. Um, I would not consider this a summer <laughs> blockbuster. Hey. But uh, I'm interested to hear why you consider it so bright. It doubled its um <laughs> it doubled its budget. So that's pretty big. And it came out in the summer, July seventeenth. Um so all right, listen, Jaws four one of the most ridiculous concepts for a movie, right? Oh, I, oh, I love it. The jaw, the shark is hunting the <laughs> yes. people for revenge. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great idea, and no one ever questions it when, like, some maniac killer comes back into kids' dreams and hunts them down, you know, and stuff like that. But like an animal, come on, please. Oh gosh. But um, so, uh, you know, Jaws four. Uh, you know, Jaws is obviously the first blockbuster, but Jaws four came out in 1987, so I was six. Right, and it is the um, the first big summer movie that I remember seeing in theaters. Uh, and me and my stepmom had had gone to go see this movie, and there is this part where this like eel comes out of a piece of coral or something, and she got scared and like knocked like the <laughs> her, the drink into my lap, and I like, got covered in coke or whatever. Oh my god! So like that's the uh, that's the only reason that I really remember this movie in theaters. Um, I but, can't believe you saw it in the theaters. That's nuts, dude. I got take. I I was able to see all kinds of stuff when I was a kid that I should not have. So, um, but like, you know, the thing with Jaws, the original Jaws, was how, um, like, the viewing public was impacted by it. Right? Like, people were terrified of the beach. Like, there was a lot of stuff like that when that movie came out that that made a big impact on the world. I wasn't alive in '75, so I didn't get that. Yeah. But Jaws four did that for me. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I had that experience watching it in the theater. Yeah, you really had to worry about pissing off a shark so it didn't come kill you in a whole other country. Well, dude, yeah, like they would hunt you down everywhere. Uh, yeah, they'll get you. <laughs> I at the time, um, so I saw it. I saw it that summer in in Key West, and then I I was sick, so I wasn't the best swimmer yet. And so um, I was living normally the most of the year in Tampa, and we. Uh, at the YMCA, I was taking swimming lessons, and all I could think about anytime they let go of me was that Jaws was gonna get swim me. Fast, swim fast, swim oh, fast, swim fast. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even a swim fast. I would freak out. I would just start screaming at the top of my lungs because I, all I could think of was that the shark was gonna just come up and, and snap me up. So, um, 
yeah, so summer blockbuster of my life, baby. <laughs> like it may not be the biggest blockbuster movie. Uh, you know, it came out July seventeenth, eighty seven. Budget of twenty three million dollars. It did fifty one point nine million dollars. Um, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's understandable because it's not it's not the best it's not the best Jaws movie. It's not the best movie, but it's also not the best Jaws movie. Um, but uh, basically, the the shark is is mad and goes down to the Bahamas. They leave. Um, they leave. What was it? Uh, Amity? Not Amity. Oh, that's I'm thinking of Amityville. Amity Island? Is that what it was? Dude, I I, I don't know. Oh, jeez. Um, yes, it was Amity Island. So that's where the first Jaws takes place. And they filmed that in um, Martha's Vineyard in the original movie. Uh-huh. And they still filmed the Amity Island parts in, in Martha's Vineyard. And then, um, and then, you know, the mom goes down to the Bahamas to get away from the shark because it kills her son. And he follows, she follows her down there. Man, Michael Caine's in it. Mike Cocaine. Yeah, Mike Cocaine. Mike Cocaine. <laughs> so, uh, and Lance Guest. Can you not forget Lance Guest? See, there you go. Uh, he was a star of The Last Starfighter. I know. And, and one of the guests at Southern yes, Fry Gaming Expo. Uh-huh. I was his handler. It was great. He's a super nice dude. Uh, you know what? I should have I should have gotten a picture of the shark and had him sign it. <laughs> Man, hindsight's twenty twenty. I know. Uh, I will say, although Brian shows Jaws for the Revenge, the actual uh, highest grossing summer blockbuster of uh, 1987 with a domestic gross of $354 million was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Much better movie. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> but, hey, it, Beverly Hills Cop 2, I love that movie, and I, I also watched that a lot when I was a kid. I shouldn't have. Um, but I think I think the Jaws the Revenge had, had more of an impact on my life when, at that age. So. Solid. Solid choice. Um, well, I guess really that's all I have to say about Jaws Revenge. I really just wanted to talk about it a little bit um, because we have a ton of stuff for these other movies that we're going to talk about. And so I just kind of threw it in there just to oh, talk about my quirky, my good, little, mm. my good times. So, uh, but Preston, yo, um, I think that you have something to talk about that has big Jaws as well. It does. And it roars. <laughs> On June 11th. Universal Pictures invites you hey, look at this. to discover the wonder. Can I touch it? Sure. Experience the power. You feel that? And live an adventure 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, June 11th at theaters everywhere. So I know on our show, we like to go with a little deeper cut. We like to go a little quirky, a little mm-hmm. offbeat. Brian just gave an example with Jaws <laughs> for the Revenge. But listen, Jurassic Park was a summer blockbuster that was totally inescapable, totally deserving of blockbuster status. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would classify it as almost the quintessential 1990s movie. You know what? It is mind-boggling to me. It's a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's mind-boggling to me how current Jurassic Park still is. Yeah. Like it's one of the major toy lines like that are that's being put out by Hasbro uh-huh. to this day. Yeah. It's really really it's weird. Uh well, I mean, I guess that speaks to its appeal, to its power, to its versatility that it is still being produced with sequels and toys and things. Um 
but you know this movie uh try to place it back in a timeline where you rec- recognize 1993 i was 13 years old mm-hmm. and this was the first movie I honestly can't even remember any other movies that this has happened for, but this may be the first and only movie that I saw on uh, the opening weekend, and I saw it twice in the same day. Wow. Yeah. Two different groups of friends? That, well, so the first time I went, I went to like the first afternoon show with my family, mm-hmm. and then I came home, and I rode my bike over to my friend Jason's house, and I was telling him, I was going to tell him all about how cool it was, and he was like, oh, I... I can't really hang out that much longer, Preston. We're going to go to see Jurassic Park. And he was like, do you want to come? And I was like, yes, I want to come. That movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I went back for the later afternoon show of the same movie, and it didn't disappoint, even even when you knew uh, what was going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, um, I was really big into, like, computer effects. At the time, I would, at, th- at that age, because I would have been um, – 12 and i was trying to think well should i go and should i become a um person that does computer graphics mm-hmm. right uh like animation and stuff like that or someone that does like vfx stuff and that movie just totally blew me away and it was like one of those movies like part of the marketing thing was like a whole behind the scenes thing with it and everything like that and so like like you just could not get away from it it also had a very good video game on the Sega Genesis, a not so great video game on the Super Nintendo, <laughs> and for some reason, I, I that's the one that I bought, um, and I pl- I only rented the Genesis one. But man, like that movie was huge, and it it always shook. Like I always thought it was strange that that movie didn't have like a huge like cartoon that came out after it or anything. Yeah, like that, that was odd. It did have a toy line. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Kenner toy line, and <laughs> they had like rocket launchers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Like, <laughs> it really didn't have any parallels to the to the movie mm-hmm. at all, other than some of the character names. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they were just like kids like dinosaurs. Eh, let's just do whatever. Kids like cars. Let's do that. Um, but uh, as far as like you mentioned earlier, how it's still going on, you know, you look back at this movie, and not only do like does the story hold up or the themes hold up but like even the digital effects mm-hmm. because they were kind of creature effects they're really not even i mean they're still they still hold up yeah well and, they so like there's there's certain reasons why they hold up there's very few instances where they the creatures are in bright like daylight like there are some mm-hmm. but for the most part anytime you're close in on a creature it's in the dark mm-hmm. and so that helps to like hide that kind of stuff um, but this movie was actually like this it was like this huge thing for ILM like to be able to prove that they could become like the CG like effects e- experts mm-hmm. and and so um, the work that they did in this movie, uh, really just like shaped their whole trajectory for like the stuff that they wound up doing in the future. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so looking back at this movie, uh, it was a 1993 film directed, of course, by the great Steven Spielberg. It had a $63 million budget and return on that investment for the domestic gross. I don't have worldwide right, right at hand, but domestic gross, $825 million. So, um, that is huge, mm-hmm. um, and like, I mean, again, deserving of all that stuff, because the movie, 
you know, it was, uh, it was a spectacle. And that's, that's kind of the theme that I think about when I think summer blockbusters. Like I mentioned earlier, your, uh, the 87 summer blockbuster was, was Beverly Hills Cop 2. And that one, like if you'd have asked me, was that one of the biggest summer blockbusters of all time? I don't know that I would have said that one because that one doesn't have spectacle written mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the ones in the 90s um, are just that. I mean, it's computer graphics, big scope of a film, huge budget to, to put in. Um, and this one had all of that. Of course, in the great director, Steven Spielberg. But this one, not only with all that stuff, but it also had a little bit of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was scary. It was exciting. It had science fiction. I loved it. And it, it's great, too, because it, it pertains to all ages. Like, yes. the story's good yeah. for adults. And then, like, kids love dinosaurs, mm-hmm. you know? And and so, like, like all across the board, like, I think that they were able to hit it. And it had a great cast. Yeah, it hit, it hit every demographic. And the, the cast, again, was amazing. Um, uh, I do want to talk about one weird thing about mm-hmm. that show, like, that I can't ever stop thinking about. And that was that that part where uh where laura is it what's her name laura dern laura dern yeah laura dern bruce dern's daughter um she was helping that sick triceratops Mm -hmm. and then uh popped that little pustule on its tongue Mm -hmm. that was very disturbing to me i don't know if i've ever recovered from that kind of weird you're okay with like the elbow deep in the poop oh yeah i mean whatever (laughs) but just like i was not expecting that yeah um but and then joseph Mazzello getting electrocuted is that the kid yeah the kid i hate that part i'm just (laughs) like just let go of the thing kid like he's just it's there holds it forever so it's like come on just drop the thing i don't know Uh, yeah i mean so many good classic things but i uh i wish i could remember what movie my pick of Jurassic Park lost to, but I put I put down on Pop Goes the Culture. Mm. They're uh, another great podcast, and they had a, a bracket back in March for the most '90s movie of all time, mm-hmm. and I think mine got to the top eight. Really? Yeah, they did 64 movies. I gave mine as Jurassic Park as the most '90s movie possible, and I forget what it lost to, but it lost, and I couldn't believe it. See, I would see, I would look at that question differently because to me, Jurassic Park is timeless. Like, there's no, like, there's no real like scenes where there's a lot of people like where it is obviously set in a certain time. Uh-huh. Like, white men can't jump. I would say like like you, Encino Man, yeah, like like stuff like that is like I'll be like okay, like you look at that and you go, oh yeah, that's the nineties, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like Jurassic Park, like there there's so few like I mean they're on a desert like on an island in the middle of nowhere, right? And so like everyone's just wearing like normal clothes, and so there's nothing crazy, too yeah, that's crazy. Cool. All right, so uh, Brian thought of the topic for tonight, and I was like, let's 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 mix it up just a little bit, let's add a little flair to it, so. I thought for um, beyond Jaws of Revenge, um, I thought for each of our movies, we should not only talk about the movie and rem- reminisce about it, but also let's go on eBay and find uh, the most unusual or weird or uh, interesting piece of promo material that we could find. And I found a good one for Jurassic Park. Okay. So tell me about i'm not going to play the audio from it but tell me about this here oh my gosh so i found on ebay um not this actual pair but jurassic park sneakers and like 
I know they're kids shoes. <laughs> These are marketed towards children, I'm sure. Um, but this is one version specifically and it's just so 90s in its color and it's high top nature <laughs> and um i don't know it it's so funny because you look at these now and you're like i can't believe people wore that but also the style has come back to where people mm -hmm. are paying money for this mm -hmm. so on ebay there's a different version that's selling for 168 dollars buy it now of this one actually have fewer colors, but it's a red and black high top. And the high top is so high, it almost looks like a moon boot. Well, it says winter boots is, 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 what, is what it's listed as. Now, the thing with this that I just don't understand, like I get collecting things and, I, you know, I collect plenty of things. And, um, you know, I understand going, the nostalgia and being like, oh, that's cool. Because, like, there's plenty of things that I own that I'm never going to use, uh -huh. right? Um, but dude, I would never pay $168 for a pair of shoes that I'm not, I can't wear those. They're too small. That, that is a, <laughs> that's a kid's two slash three. Yeah. So, it, you know, the Nikes and the Reeboks and stuff, mm -hmm. the retro stuff, I understand that shoe game where people are paying for those retro styles that they can actually wear. Mm-hmm. But this one is just for your shelf. Yeah. You know, there's no kids like, yo, I gotta, I gotta get the latest happening 93 <laughs> issue, uh, Reeboks with Jurassic Park on it to be the fly kid at school. Have you so I see a lot of these types of like like now they're like going for nostalgic stuff where it's like um I don't even know what shoe companies they are that someone has a Jurassic Park shoe coming out and it is so big and bulky like uh. it is it looks like like snow like a snow um snowboard boots like oh, they're right. they're huge but they're like they're like rigid and they have like the green and black and uh -huh. red and stuff like that uh i like i get those ads all the time on instagram for some reason and then there's like some sacconis that are um that are like the universal monster theme and i get those all the time so like i get man like they think i buy shoes but man i just couldn't i don't know like i got stuff like i'm never gonna power glove never gonna use it but you know what it's cool to have <laughs> <laughs> well uh one more thing on uh, the uh, Jurassic Park front is that I found these fruit snacks. Uh, so apparently you can buy on eBay empty boxes of fruit snacks and cookies and all kinds of stuff. Uh, only $50 for Buy It Now, which is kind of a deal in the old food market. Oh, because, yeah. Because old food boxes go for a lot. And the only reason I brought this up is because I don't remember these at all. Like, I didn't remember Jurassic Park having fruit snacks at all. Do you? It's, I don't remember it. I don't... I wouldn't have been eating fruit snacks at that time, I don't think. 93? I don't think so. Dude. squeeze it, yes. Um, but I think I, I never had fruit snacks. I was more of like a bag chip kind of get. Actually, I was way more into um, salt and vinegar chips uh, that were in the brown bag. I guess they were Lay's. I don't remember who made them. Mm -hmm. But um, that's that's what I was into. The, uh, But, yeah, it, I mean, I, it makes sense. Like, I could see – I understand why they would have made those. Yeah. Well, hit us up if you have fond memories of the uh, Jurassic Park fruit snacks or if you're – if you're stepping with those those vintage uh, Jurassic Park sneakers, I'd love to see pictures of that. You think those still taste good? The sneakers? No, the, the fruit <laughs> the fruit the fruit shoes things. No, I don't think they do. Oh well, all right. Well, um, hey, you know, just a teaser for later this year. I'm gonna make Preston drink some stuff that's super old, and it's gonna be great. Oh so boy, I can't stick wait. Stick with us uh, throughout the year. So, um, but. Uh, gosh, I was while I was saying that I was trying to think of a good transition for my next thing, and um, I just where does he get those wonderful toys? I don't know. <laughs>
The real story. The love story. A woman in danger. A hero in black. The adventure you've been waiting for. to be on here um summer blockbuster man this is like one of the biggest summer blockbusters of all time came out june 23rd 1989 budget 35 million and then it wound up going up to 48 million uh while they were shooting because of complications with some stuff but the box office it came back with 411.6 million dollars when it came out it was the fifth highest grossing movie of all time so pretty big deal wow i I often think back to if I could just go back into my skin to experience something from my childhood. And I think the summer of 89 <laughs> and and watching Batman would be one of the things I'd want to experience again. Oh, dude. It, like, the world was so bat crazy. Like, you don't see, like, some, you know... There, there are certain pockets of like the internet where you see people get excited about Star Wars stuff or Marvel mm-hmm. stuff or DC stuff but like it was everybody it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you were or like what you're into like people were crazy about this Batman movie yeah and it's so funny because you can look back at the movie now and be like oh I don't think that was a good idea or a good portrayal or but we had been spoiled I mean sorry we had been uh, let down by so many other superhero movies Mm -hmm. i mean superman the original okay for the time Mm -hmm. but then it was just downhill from there and then they attempted to do like a captain you know they attempted to do uh like spider-man in the 70s it was awful um and so for them to actually deliver on like a gritty tim burton batman Mm -hmm. like it was the possibility of what could be. Like, the Marvel movies that we're enjoying now, I really don't think would have happened without Batman. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because, um, you know, I think that there's plenty of DC comics and stuff that are, like, not dark and that are upbeat. But really, like, this movie set the stage for DC movies going mm-hmm. forward to be dark and gritty, yeah. right? I mean, you had Batman before, from from the 60s where it was very tongue-in-cheek and goofy right uh-huh. and then from like us growing up like i watched that show all the time like on family channel and stuff like that right and then going from that to this movie yeah. it was such a huge leap well, in between you had super friends right you mm-hmm. had batman yeah. from super friends mm-hmm. in that blue and gray costume mm-hmm. and it's like you know it's just a cartoon character mm-hmm. basically even the comics was like a cartoon character um, and so for them to take up Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and have this awesome designed Batmobile and just the music with Danny Elfman, mm-hmm. like and Prince. Oh, and Prince, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> don't let me forget Prince. Yeah, we got a Bat Dance shout out here in the chat. Um, yeah, it was it was something to behold. The um, the thing with the craze of of this movie was uh, so great. That you had people that, you know, nowadays you have, like, cosplayers and stuff like that. Um, but for for this film, 
you had people shaving <laughs> bat symbols into their head. Like, that's how crazy this film was, man. Like, I remember this was a big deal. Like, people getting the bat symbol cut into their hair. I feel like Bart, there was like something I remember too where Bart Simpson did it or something also. Like, I, it was such a big deal for people to, to get these bat symbols cut into their head. Oh my gosh. I had, for, I had really forgotten about that. <laughs> but everybody and their brother had a bat signal shirt i know i did Mm -hmm. there's a picture of me so 90s wearing the batman bat signal shirt and like tight neon bicycle shorts the stretchy spandex (laughs) Uh um and then i know it was later because they had to you know have the success of the movie and then uh build the thing but i remember like you know it spawned like the the batman the ride at Mm -hmm. six flags Mm -hmm. and like golly to to walk in that line and be hear that music and like see that scenery that they lead you up to before you ride Batman the ride like it was still the impact of that was the movie was so great that even you know a year or two later when that ride came out you were still just like so excited to to be a part of that Mm -hmm. it was really something that hadn't been a cultural touchstone until Batman well um you know, we t- we're talking about eBay stuff and, and, and memorabilia with that. So I figured I would show you. I was really into this film. And I had a ton of Batman, uh, Batman the movie uh, trading cards. And, you know, I was curious. I know the card collection right now, card collector community, is going crazy over things. How crazy are they going over Batman? Oh, my gosh. How, how crazy do you think they're going, Preston? Not very. Oh, yeah? Well, check this out, baby. We have a graded, so take that into account, a graded Jack Napier card for sale on eBay. Oh, bro, that's a Jack Napier rookie card. <laughs> for $649 for that one card. Wow. I went through my thing. I don't have it. So we'll the closest, see. There you go. Yeah, the closest I got... Um, I wish I wish I could see what number it was because on the back of the cards it has what number it is. Let's see if maybe I had one up or one down. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I have multiple series because some of these are have yellow on the back and some are blue on the back. So, but gosh, I'm missing out on this card. Now, unfortunately, if you look at the sell the sell through listings, mm-hmm. nothing is. Yeah, he, that's <laughs> how you got to see. You're like the people who look at the Disney movies and like that worth a thousand dollars. Hey, man. I don't care if they're selling for that much because I'm not selling these cards. <laughs> Just the perceived value Priceless. of the cards that I have in my man. Look at the, each one of these cards is worth six hundred and fifty dollars a piece, baby. So <laughs> well, not in that condition that I'm looking at right there. Hey, some of them are okay. That stack is well loved. <laughs> I love these cards, and if, uh, it's, I think it's funny because I remember at some point um, I even like had these like pinned to a cork board in my room, but I don't see any holes on these, so I must have like. L- only been certain ones that's where that jack napier was he was oh, pinned to the hole in gosh, your wall i missed out yeah but uh but yeah man batman such a great film uh such a great um yeah. part a, of pulp culture a quintessential summer blockbuster mm-hmm. and speaking of quintessential summer blockbusters i have my next pick it's a little later in the 90s but worthy of the title nonetheless I have no idea who you're dealing with. When the FBI can't handle it. When the CIA can't see it. The MIB. We are the men in black. Fasten your seatbelt. Is all over it. This summer. How to use these things? No idea whatsoever. They're protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe. Do you have any idea how much that stings? Tommy Lee Jones. Will Smith. Men in black. Now playing in theaters everywhere. 
Now, I was very tempted to include into my picks Independence Day mm-hmm. as a summer blockbuster. That it will, that it was, but I went to the next year because mm-hmm. uh, Independence Day was 1996. Uh, Men in Black is 1997. It's a Barry Sonnenfeld film. Um, I went there because it was such a, to me, it was an unexpected hit. Yeah. Like, granted, it had a a, a, a pretty big budget of $90 million. Mm-hmm. So they were banking on it. But at the same time, you know, it's based off of a comic book series mm-hmm. that only had six issues between 1990 and 1991 from Lowell Cunningham. You know, I was a comic book collector in the 90s. And I had never even heard of Men in Black. And so for there to be this movie that was like this surprisingly funny and you know action packed and um entertaining it was like it was perfect for a teenage boy like me uh-huh yeah oh you know the same thing with me too like um i remember when this movie came out the uh i cuz i don't i hadn't seen the comics when i was a kid but i must have seen it online or something like that where uh-huh. like where people had referenced it and so I loved being like, oh, yeah, well, this is based off of the comic book series or whatever. <laughs> but I was super excited for this movie. Um, you know, the the key, the movie theater in Key West is a very small movie theater. Uh, and um, but, um, you know, I was when I was younger, we lived close to it. Like I could just like ride my bike there. Mm-hmm. By this time, obviously, I was I was a teenager. And so um, I was probably driving a scooter at the time. And but I used I went there multiple times that that summer to to go check out this movie because it was hilarious uh, and the effects in it were great and like I think that it really did a whole lot for like you know helping to build out like from you know the comic book stuff that they had into creating like a big flashy motion picture and man like the ending of it like with the whole galaxy and like the marble I thought for sure that they were going to like make a big series about that you yeah. know and and then they like. I mean, two eventually came out, but like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I guess I had bigger eyes than than what you know was in my heart. This is a good one. I know we. I know my last pick, Jurassic Park, had uh you know computer graphics, uh computer imagery. This is a good one because it it paired um, practical effects with special effects so well. Mm-hmm. It had Rick Baker as the makeup effects supervisor, and a lot of the costumes and the cool character designs um, were 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 from him. And it was just so unique to see that that original stuff. And then they had, um, from what I understand, the very last scene with like the big final boss was supposed to be practical effects, but he was like, the director was like, that looks hokey, um, let's do computer effects. And they spent four and a half million dollars just on the last um, sequence scenes. Wow. And he was like, that's the best four and a half million we've ever spent. <laughs> and it worked, um, you know, not only was Tommy Lee Jones at the height of his fame following, you know, the the fugitive mm-hmm. in the early '90s, mm-hmm. um, playing the straight man. You also had Will Smith coming off of that movie I mentioned previously, Independence Day, which you know launched him into the stratosphere as far as a leading man in Hollywood. Um, and it was just, I mean, for a kid who likes science fiction and aliens and stuff like that, this was so tongue in cheek and funny and. It, it was fantastic. Yeah, man, Will Smith, he was killing it at the time because he had the hit TV show. He was a hit rapper at the time. Uh-huh. And then, you know, two big blockbuster movies, you know, like, hey, like, 
the, the sky was his limit. Yeah. And uh, Barry Sonnenfeld uh, directed another really popular movie in the 90s called Adam's Family, which mm-hmm. you may have seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that movie and I love about this movie was something that you don't often find in movies anymore, which is that a song is created specifically for the movie mm-hmm. that describes actions that happen in the movie <laughs> and yet somehow becomes a hit song that gets played on the radio a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was the case for Men in Black. All right. Well, so I we, I forgot to ask you this before we started doing it. Are you ready to get demonetized, baby? Let's go into the middle somewhere. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. It's going to do it. All right. Here All right, we go. Ten seconds. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I see my noisy cricket get wicked on you. With your first, last, and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe. So don't fear us, cheer us. There we go. That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. (laughs) Now, in that shot, you got to see Will Smith rapping, and you got to see his awesome sunglasses. I learned a fun fact when I was researching this movie that the sunglasses used by the uh, Men in Black are specific brands of Ray-Ban. They are the Predator 2 glasses. Hmm. And after the movie released, the the company Ray-Ban, they said that sales of the glasses tripled from $1.6 million to $5 million just for that specific brand. That's crazy. How much do you think those glasses were? Like $150 bucks a pair? Ray-Bans are pretty expensive regardless. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ooh, Oh, sorry, microphone. But there's I got my Ray-Bans right Ooh, here. Look at you. <laughs> I knew you looked so fly. <laughs> All right, so going into the eBay depths, I found some really cool stuff mm-hmm. for Men in Black because I was talking about those practical effects. Look, you can buy uh, an actual movie prop <laughs> of some weird uh, space alien. They were bird-like things. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Brian didn't get a screen cap of this, but uh, one of the other pictures on this auction was the you know the finished product. But this was the latex appliance applied to someone's face that would then be painted and have a beak attached and so forth. But right now, if you look at the video, um, you can see that the screen cap, it looks like some hideously deformed <laughs> uh, monster that should be in like that Elephant Man movie. I am shocked that this is selling for 200. Was this sold? Did you did you pick a sold listing or was it? Uh, no, this is a live option. Okay, so this is selling for $250. And the thing with that is with this foam rubber mask like it degrades over time right like uh-huh. i want nothing more than to own a gremlin uh-huh. but like they're all melting and stuff you yeah. know like like that kind of stuff just doesn't hold up it's not designed to right? right it's made for a movie so well yeah and that's that's the interesting thing is that this is one still available two kind of unused but it does come with a certificate of authenticity so that that increases it but they do have a make offer brian so if you don't you know if you're worried about it degrading then just put in a lower offer maybe you'll get it but something that you might want to buy is this here concept drawing, which I thought was pretty cool. So this is a uh, an original hand-drawn concept drawing for a potential uh, unused movie prop uh, for the movie uh, of a weapon. And I've, golly, I wish I had that blown up. Um, 
let me go into the thing real quick. Uh, it looks like some kid in some striped shirt. It's not, it doesn't look like just some kid. It looks like some kid that would be a bully in some 1950s movie or TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's holding what looks like a, a bagpipe yes. bottom. <laughs> but it has like a fire hose front that that is shooting out fire. Yeah. Um, but the if you zoom in on the um, on the artwork, it says squeezing num dum gas from a nitrogenizer so that's technically what that is here we go ready yeah where is it up uh up and left no yeah right there there. boom so uh i don't think this one made the cut but how cool is it like i feel like um i feel like we're about to hit peak nostalgia for men in black yeah you know like as the demographic shift upward and 90s are, are more popular i feel like later 90s movies will reach the zeitgeist now is your time if you want to get into the collectible market there are still actually like screen use props uh-huh. and concept drawings available men in black 2 check ebay it's good stuff brian um we're gonna go to your movie here in just a minute but i actually have another thing for you to enjoy um speaking of men in black uh, and masterful promotions of the summer blockbuster. Did you know that in 1998, Men in Black was still popular with a cartoon series, Men in Black the series. Mm-hmm. I didn't even watch this. I was 18 at the time, yeah. but uh, they did a promotion with Burger King. And so, uh, pick a hand, right or left. Uh, I'll go right. Okay. Hold that up with the door of I think it's time to have some fun at Burger King. Aliens have invaded. Careful. Some are full of surprises. Others, not what they seem. But all can be found here. This classified. Two new MIB toys each week. One inside every kids' club meal you buy. Twelve in all. Burger King Kids Club. Great food, cool stuff, kids only. I forgot we had the clip, so uh, <laughs> thanks for putting that in there while I was talking through all that. Um, now, the original Men in Black was a Taco Bell promotion. Hmm. And, like, apparently, I guess because it was Taco Bell, those figures are really hard to find. Like, promotional items from that are really hard to come by. Mm-hmm. But not so much for the Burger King's Click Kids Club version of the Men in Black series. I feel like for the Taco Bell promotion, the Yokiero Taco Bell dog was an alien or something like that. Right, 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 right. All right, well, let's open these up and let's see what we got. Um, I have a whole bunch. Like, I have a huge box of um kids meals toys and stuff that Mm -hmm. i got in a buyout and so i just happen to have these now again this is men in black the series Mm -hmm. what did you get all right well i think that i have those like little guys that drink the coffee and stuff like that i could be wrong but there is a card that comes in in the bag and then when you push his butt oh well there's a thing to push his butt but he doesn't do anything when i do it oh he squirts water out of his mouth cool (laughs) and then his like hands are like like he's riding a motorcycle. Okay, I got a really good one. I got like a men in black guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his character name is. Obviously not J or K, but some letter. I've got this guy, and then when you squeeze his leg, pop! Surprise! He's an alien that glows. Oh my gosh, Brian! I opened up this toy from 1998, and it still lights up. Look at that! Oh, that is crazy. That. Can you see that? Look. Uh, Wait, wait. There you go. Yeah. Well, let go. Flash it so people see it. There you go. Boom. 
Boom, 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 boom. All right, so mine is a squirting worm guy. Oh, so, is that what it's called? Yep. <laughs> it's a squirting worm guy? Yep, squirting worm guy. And he glows in the dark, which is awesome. Man, these toys are great. <laughs> they thought of everything. Wow. Uh, my guy is... He's got to be a letter. Split apart, rotating Zed. Oh, Z, huh? He rotates? Oh, Zed is their boss, isn't he? He doesn't rotate. Oh, well. It still looks cool. Well, anyway, Brian, we can add this to our shelf of goodies. Um, Men in Black, still rocking along. I su sadly haven't seen the newest one with uh, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when you were talking about, hey, it's time for a comeback, I was going to say, don't you think they killed it with that last movie? I so. haven't seen it yet. I don't want to. I heard bad things about it. Yeah. But uh, I'll always have a fond place in my heart for the original Men in Black. What's next for you, bro? All right. Well, um, we are running out of time, so I'm just going to cut this really we got, fast. We got 10 minutes. We're uh, good. Uh, it's okay. I also um, downloaded an MP3 instead of an MP4 <laughs> of, of the video. So uh, so um, just be like, dum, 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 dum. All right. And then uh, I'll be back. And then like um, the dog barking or something. So anyways, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> was what a lackluster <laughs> build up for such a great movie i know um but it was released july 3rd 1991 so just in time for july 4th it had a budget of 94 million and then it ballooned to 102 million but at the box office it, it, it recouped all that and then some with 502.9 million dollars um so they actually this this movie's kind of crazy because uh when they got done making the first movie they wanted to make a sequel and um they had some issues with um, a couple different things. Uh, one, two different companies owned the rights to the Terminator uh, because of, I guess it was probably like the financial backing for the first movie or whatever, you know, and they could not agree to make a second, to make a second movie. And Arnold Schwarzenegger had to step in and talk to the guy that, um, that, that was trying to get the second movie made. He had to talk to him to try to get him to go speak to the other rights holder and just buy out his part. So he, he eventually did. And he bought out the, the, the other 50% of the rights for $5 million. What wow. an idiot. And Golly. then, and then they, they were able to make, um, uh, Terminator, Terminator two. two. I kept on saying back to the future too. I was like, that's not <laughs> it. Uh, so, um, but yeah, also on top of that, they also had issues with, um, trying to prove that they could do the the liquid metal for the t one two 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 three two thousand two two thousand one thousand uh -huh. what's arnold schwarzenegger t800 or something oh, like okay that. so um but what they were able to do is cameron was able to say hey look at my work in the abyss and it's the exact same work and that's all we're going to do and then they said okay and so they got the rights they had the technology they made the movie so we all know terminator 2 is amazing when i was a kid i used to ride around my bikes um I would have been, this is like third and fourth, I guess third or fourth grade, I don't remember. Um, and I would have been 10. And I used to, me and my friend Chris would ride our bikes around the neighborhood and we would pretend to be flipping the shotgun and like shooting things and <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, the shotgun flip was amazing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're talking about things, you know, you have marketing, you have license deals, stuff like that. So Terminator 2 was an amazing movie. But it also spawned some amazing video games and pinball machines. That's right. So the the arcade game um, is something crazy because – I hope this is not loud because I forgot to add it to the thing, so I did it while you were talking earlier. But 
So this, the arcade game for Terminator 2, people think of it as being a light gun game, but but just like Revolution X and this, they're not actually light gun games. Do you know how they work? No. So they're very similar to um, old, uh, the old arcade games where they were, they were shooting galleries, where it was how you were adjusting the gun was essentially like a joystick, and so it knew what you were aiming at. Oh wow! And, and so um, so that's how these games work. They're not really light gun games, and so if you have like a name cabinet or something like that, there are like hacks that have to be done because it was actually controlled with a joystick and not with a light gun. Um, but man, I remember at the roller skating rink, this game coming out like like hitting the roller skating rink. I spent so much money playing this game. It was so good. Were you? Did you ever play this? Oh gosh, I played this all the time. It was it was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know what to say about it, but it was <laughs> it was really really fun. You know, it had that. Uh, it was a similar cabinet style that you were familiar with from like Operation Wolf. Yes. Uh huh. And then Operation was a Thunderbolt. Yep. It was a sequel. Mm -hmm. And then then you had this. And then this spawned Revolution X. Yes, yeah. which which like was the pinnacle of, of this style of game. Right. I loved Revolution X. Um, but yeah, like you know, huge hit. This game uh, came out. I I'm not 100 percent sure on the date. Like it seems strange that it would have been January 1st, 1991, but that's the date that that is listed for this game. Um, but um, on top of that, for, uh, for just in time for the movie, you had. Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the 1991 pinball machine, designed by legendary designer Steve Ritchie, uh, released by Williams. Um, this came out in July of 1991. And so um, this was actually one of the first DM, one of the first DMD games that came out. Mm -hmm. And it was great. Like the, the video mode in this game was great. Like just everything, all the art package and everything, the gameplay. This is like hands down, like one of the best pinball machines from the It really period. is. Um, it has a lot going for it. It has a, you know, a dot matrix display. It's got a video mode. It's got a little cannon that shoots a ball out. A center post. Um, <laughs> and it's got, you know, what Steve Ritchie is known for, which is what they call great flow. Mm -hmm. Where like with the, when you get in the zone, you can hit the left ramp. It delivers to your left flipper, and then they hit the right ramp. It delivers your right flipper, and just do it over and over and over again. And I've gotten. Um, you know, like 20 shots in a row doing that. And it feels so good when you hit it. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then it also has, um, you know, some purists don't like that it doesn't have a pullback plunger, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it has a gun handle as the, the grip to launch your ball, which is really cool if you're a 12 year old kid. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the first first games that I remember having that type uh -huh. of plunger. And then other games did it too, um, where uh, you know where it made sense. Sometimes where it didn't, didn't. Yeah, like Shadow Tail has one. Yeah. Uh, Last Action Hero doesn't has Tales one. from the Crypt have one too? Tales from the Crypt has a doorknob. Oh, handle. that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, man, like like great movie, but man, it also just spawned out these other amazing, um, other amazing pieces of pop culture uh that still entertain to this day yeah and unlike uh our previous hits you know talking about jurassic park and batman and men in black this one was an r-rated feature mm -hmm. but yet it was so good um that and it wasn't like a sexy movie with like adult themes it was just violent mm -hmm. um that i think a lot of kids got to see it because their moms were like mine and were like you know this is just 
this is a really cool movie. You got to see this. Yeah. And, you know, so this actually goes to like the Psycho Gorman conversation we were having earlier. It, the main protagonist was a kid. Right. And so um, you, you so like to me, like I go, oh, well, that's like a kid's movie because like who's going to associate with that kid? Mm-hmm. Not 40 year old so and so, but like the kids are. Sorry to backtrack, but I did forget mm-hmm. to mention Psycho Gorman earlier. I, I said that I would mention it. But when I was doing um, the Men in Black one, and we talked about the Men in Black song, go see Psycho Gorman because at the end of the movie, they have a Psycho Gorman rap, which is great. <laughs> so it uh, plays back to that. Um, now this one, it didn't have uh, like a musical soundtrack or anything, but it was just so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I have a special place in this in, in my heart for this one because I just recently this year showed it to my now 16 year old um, oldest child and i made them watch the original movie first oh good you know like i this is one of the rare cases and we haven't talked about this yet um not only is this a summer blockbuster but this is one of the rare cases where the sequel is arguably better than the original you don't think so? I don't think so at all. What? <clears throat> it's like Alien. So the first Terminator is a horror movie. Uh-huh. This is an action movie. Yeah. Right? Like, they're they're very different. I like the first one more. Like, the, the tension and stuff that's built. Like, this is a bigger spectacle. And, you know, I understand why it's big, right? It's like Alien 1. Like, I like Alien 1 more than 2. Like, they're just totally different types of movies. And it's I understand why 2 was a bigger hit than Part 1 was for Alien, just like I do for, for Terminator. Even though Cameron made Terminator 1 and 2, and he didn't make the first Alien. Well, I'll say this, Brian. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> um, it's wrong, but you're entitled to it. And um, what's great about this movie is that what I was going to say talking about my my oldest seeing these two movies is that they also preferred this the second movie mm-hmm. judgment day mm-hmm. um and that it still holds up mm-hmm. you know some of the effects show their age just a little bit but they were so advanced for the time and they're so integral to the storytelling that for the most part they hold up and stand you know stand with the movie today and make it entirely enjoyable for an a new generation yeah i i agree like like they hold up i mean you start getting looking at three uh i don't know about that one and i think this last terminator movie didn't cameron like did he direct that one or produce it i ever forget um but he you know said like all like part three like none of the other movies are canon like yeah. now that i'm back now we're doing canon movies do you know it, we may i know we talked about the new terminator movie like a year ago and i don't remember if i said this do you know what james cameron did before he was a film director i forget or before he started getting the film industry he was a truck driver really yeah and like it's crazy to me because he's such a great artist like 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 physical media art uh-huh. and and then also like so visionary with the movies that he makes and stuff so well maybe that's why he wanted to put in that big chuck that big mm. truck driving scene mm-hmm. in, in terminator 2 yeah and it's cool because like pulling in the thing or something oh after gosh. it wrecks yeah well you know you mentioned all the other movies it makes me think where do i show my child from here do i show them the next in the series or do i just skip to the most recent one because it actually is the best one um, um, not the best, I, not the best of them all, but of the best of the sequels after part two. I have seen part three, but it, it's I couldn't tell you anything about it other than like they, yeah, there's rise a fight of the in the machine. There's a fight in a graveyard, and that's all I remember. And there's Genesis, um, and there's something else. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know what you would do. The TV show, wasn't there a TV show? 
Oh yeah, there was so, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, uh huh. I, I think, that was pretty good. I think I was gonna say I think that was pretty popular. Yeah, so maybe might go have there. to check that one out and then and then go show the latest one. Mm-hmm. We'll skip the Nick Stahl one. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, hopefully, you don't skip the next one with us. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, we're coming back in two weeks, baby, and we got the the next intro in our summer series uh, of of shows so yeah um you know last year we had we had multiple shows and we're doing the same thing again this year yeah we did four theme shows uh in honor of summer we we talked about um the movie rad mm-hmm. riding bikes and all kinds of fun stuff we got some fun stuff up our sleeve and uh we hope you are enjoying some downtime this summer and um getting back to normal and we hope that our podcast can be part of that you can check out our podcast a variety of ways we're on youtube we're on soundcloud your favorite podcast app um we're on twitter at wayback underscore attack you can find me on twitter at squared stiff brian where can they find you you can find me at be grantham and don't forget that if you like what you see uh and you want to help support us you can go to patreon.com forward slash wayback attack oh man we have a new patron and I'm so sorry I did not get do my whole screen thing. Uh, so I will get you, I promise, in two weeks and get you up there. <laughs> oh, I cannot believe it. But, um, but yeah, you know, if you want to help us out uh, and, and support the show, that's a great way to do it. If you cannot uh, become a patron, I totally understand. Just tell your friends about the show. Maybe rate us on your favorite podcast app or however you, uh, you know, if you watch it on YouTube, uh, you know, like it there, that kind of thing. So. Um, but you know, it, it really helps us out a lot uh, for for everything that you do. So we need an ego boost every now and then. But yeah. uh, <laughs> we do enjoy making this show, and we appreciate you checking us out. Hope to see you in two weeks for more of our summer series. And uh, just thanks for thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Well, I was trying to find it real quick, but um, I forgot that I turned off my internet on my phone, so I can't. Uh, <laughs> Way I can't, to outro yeah. the show, Brian. <laughs> I can't. We had a I smooth thing going. Well, there we go. Um, so, yeah, say that thing again that you just said. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, and then, uh, hey, don't forget, Summer Series, baby. We're going to be here all summer long, and we hope that you are too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.